Welcome to Goalposts. I'm Teresa Halbrooks, CEO of an award-winning consulting, PR, and events firm. After spending 11 years in the NFL, I launched a company that has allowed me to create my own legacy. I've been able to coach some of the most well-known professional athletes, celebrities, and CEOs across the country for more than 20 years. Gaining their respect wasn't easy, but it taught me to have a solid game plan for my future. I'm hoping that my journey and the many stories that happened along the way will not only entertain you, but encourage and inspire you to create your game plan to reach your goals. After all, someone's going to be successful. It might as well be you. Let's get started. Welcome to Goalposts. Today I have my client and friend, Kevin Carter, joining us. I met Kevin midway through his NFL career when we began working together. He played for the University of Florida and was drafted by the St. Louis Rams as a sixth overall pick in the 1995 draft. Kevin played 14 years in the league. He was a leader in sacks, two-time pro bowler, and Super Bowl champion. He went on to work in sports broadcasting for Fox Sports, ESPNU, and now with CBS Sports Network. Off the field, Kevin created the Kevin Carter Foundation to enrich the lives of children, and he has partnered with the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He created the Celebrity Waiters Dinner 19 years ago, and it has become the event of all events in the Nashville community for both patrons and celebrities. That's one of the things that we work so closely together on. Kevin and his family are some of the best people I have ever known in my career, and I'm honored to consider them part of my extended family. I'm so thrilled that I can share my conversation with you. Here's the interview. Okay, I'm with Kevin Carter. Kevin, thank you for joining us with Goalpost. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Honored to be on this edition of Goalposts and uh, ready to chop some stuff up. <laughs> Well, um, Kevin is a client, a dear friend, and we've known each other. This month will be 19 years. So, um, you know, one of my favorite stories is, uh, and a lot of people ask me, is um, how you and I met. And certainly um, that was back in 2001 on April Fool's Day. I remember that was my first day on the job and your first day on the job at the Tennessee Titans. Yep. And, um, gosh, walking down the hallway and the introduction was made and you shook my hand, which I think your hand went up to like my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it was such a funny comment that you made, you, you know, looking at me and I just said, gosh, I know nothing about football. And your comment was, I don't know anything about Nashville. So I guess they hired two fools on April fool's day. And anyway, I just, <laughs> I've it. always remembered that that was just a fun, you know, a fun introduction, but, yeah. um, for those that may not know too much about you, Kevin, do me a favor and give me kind of a quick overview of your, you know, cut through college to NFL career and, and a little bit about what you're doing now. Well, after 14 years in the NFL, playing for four different teams, six years with the Rams, four with the Tennessee Titans, two with the Miami Dolphins, and the last two with Tampa Bay. Um, retired, settled here in Tampa, and uh, made that my home base because uh, I went to school in Gainesville, which is two hours away, and I grew up in Tallahassee, which is another two hours away, and all of my family's here, and, and that of my wife as well. Um, after football, 
I look to try to get into something else. I mean, the hardest challenge for a professional athlete, for anyone who has a career that is so intense but short-lived, has to look to redefine themselves after the lights and the cheering and you take off the cleats for the last time. And for me, I was a, I was a young man. I was 38 years old and you know, had, a, had a degree in zoology, which I thought I would never use at, at that point after 14 years of football. And, and I just really was searching for what my contribution was or could be to this world. Um, and thanks to you, um, and you know, for those of you who don't know, um, you, know you, you helped me to, to, to find my brand and find my voice and, and find the platform with which to give back. And you've really helped me establish my legacy through Waiting for Wishes, which is you know, 19 years in the making. You know, we had to postpone it this year. It's going to be in July, but you know, you're really sorely missing the Waiting for Wishes crowd. But um, you know, that is off the field, and we've given close to three million dollars to Make a Wish of Middle Tennessee. You know, through just a wonderful just event with Jay Demarcus of Rascal Flats partnering up with the people of the Palm and people in Nashville, and um, just that's that's my off the field stuff. But on the field. You know, as far as professionally speaking, really trying to redefine myself was not easy. Um, you know, there were a lot of days where I stand in the mirror and look at myself and say, what do I have to offer to this world? Who can I be? What is my voice? What is my contribution? I was blessed to play a long time in the NFL and save my money. So I wasn't worried about a paycheck necessarily, but I had so much more to give, so many more years to live. And as a young man, it's when you have idle hands, that's not really a good thing. It's not, it's not a good thing to be 38 years old and searching, you know, for, for who you are. I think it's a healthy thing because I think it challenges us to go out there and really redefine who we are. And for me, it came in the form of being in front of the camera, using my brand, using my influence, not only from a charity standpoint, but to find my voice professionally. Um, and, and I found my voice through broadcasting. I uh, went to work for a social networking company that was partnered with the NFL Players Association School of the Legends and began doing some work with them, so spoke for some work and, and got into the whole media side. Um, started out on Fox Sports South um, years ago with Randy Cross and Tim Couch and joined the Fox family about 11 years ago. And then I moved on after a year to ESPN. Um, and I was the resident studio analyst um, for college football on ESPNU for six years. Um, I then moved on to CBS for the last two, and, uh, and I've, I've been there, and it's been just a, just a marriage made in heaven. Love what I'm doing on CBS, having a great time with that. Um, continuing to, to, to reinforce my brand. Um, I've done not only studio work, but I've also done sideline reporting. I've done special assignment like Super Bowl, um, the Army-Navy game. I've done just a plethora of things. I've actually called games for CBS as well. So I'm kind of a jack of all trades and hopefully a master at more than one. And, um, and so that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, these days, I'm really into draft coverage and doing a lot of stuff. We're doing all of our pre-draft analysis um, for the upcoming draft this year, which is going to be, which is going to change. I mean, because of COVID-19, you know, this entire world um, has really had to redefine you know, how it presents news and media and information and how we connect and using this digital platform, you know, like these, you know, we're continuing to do just that. So I've been busy working on 
draft shows talking about how good Joe Burrow and Chase Young and how these players are just going to be pro bowlers and who's going to be a bust and where people are going to fit. So I'm kind of a junkie for football um, and broadcasting. Um, something that I love so much gives me a chance to stay close to the game. So I'm blessed. So one of the things that you mentioned um, about kind of your second chapter it, at 38 years old, you were trying to figure out what is my contribution to this world? What am I going to do now? And a lot of you know, folks that are graduating from college right now, their senior year of college, they've got their degree in hand, um, and they may be feeling much of the same way that you felt after your NFL career. Um, what advice would you give your 25-year-old self that, you know, what do you wish you knew then that you know now and hindsight's 2020 and experience is worth a lot so there's a lot of folks that are young professionals that um, would be listening what advice would you give to them um i would tell them to write their way and and and, and i don't mean like i mean that figuratively like that's kind of a play on words you can write your way like write the ship r-i-g-h-t and you can get it on track and you can also write your way um, you can, you know, I like to write out my goals and write out the things that I want to make happen and the things that I want to bring to fruition, whatever your dreams and hopes are. Um, if I could give advice to my 25 year old self, I would tell him to not be afraid to embody all that God has blessed you with and who you are. I think at that age, we're still growing up, you know, we're, there's, there's so much living that, you know, hindsight's a perfect science. Um, but when I was 25 years old, I was talented, impulsive, smart, quick to speak, quick to anger, didn't have the discernment or the patience or the longevity to know who I was and what, what I had and how much thunder I had in these hands. And, and that's the thing I would tell to any young person, you've got thunder because you've got time and you've got the ability to create and carve out anything you want to be for yourself, any life you want to see for yourself to come to fruition. You know, my favorite piece of art, and I'm not this art person, so don't, you know, watch this and think that, oh my goodness, Kevin's such a Renaissance man, and he's, you know, well-versed on art. No, it's not that. It's just I came across this years ago, and it just, it spoke to me. It's a sculpture, and you can Google this. It's called Self-Made Man. And it's basically, it's a man who's encased in just a block of granite. And basically, it's a torso coming out of this piece of granite. And in one hand, he's got a hammer. And in the other hand, he has a chisel. And the chisel is at the base of where the rock meets his torso. And he's carving out his life. And, you know, that's a metaphor. It's not just for men. I'm not going to be sexist. Um, it's for women as well. But, you know, you can, you, can, you can truly make happen what you want to see happen if you're willing to put the work in. Um, obviously, it doesn't happen without the work. And at 25, I was not devoid of hard work. I had accomplished a lot and done a lot of things at that point. And it was because of that hard work and determination. But I think, you know, I'm going to totally mess up this quote. And I probably should have done my research on this. But Maya Angelou said it perfectly. She said that, you know, it doesn't benefit the world for you to be small. It, it, you, 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 you don't help anyone by being smaller or being less than what you are to make someone else feel okay with who they are. Shine. Go out there. Put your best foot forward and shine. So for me, I had trouble stepping into that person. And then when I stepped into that person, I had trouble reconciling how I felt 
about how out there and how vocal and sometimes how expressive that person was. Well, that's who God made me. God made me a colorful, you know, in your face, emotional, sensitive, just out there person. And, you know, my personality for the most part interpersonally is somewhat subdued, but, you know, I get hot, I get fiery and, and I'm expressive. And I think sometimes we, we mute ourselves. And, and for me, I was at a stage very much where I was physically, you know, I'm a big person, I'm a large black man. So when I raise my voice in a public place, people turn around and people react differently. And so I was always aware of that. And I was always sort of metering myself and monitoring myself and sort of playing down just to make others feel okay and to not make them feel uncomfortable. And I didn't want to make waves. And I think when you're, that is the time to make waves when you're 25. It is the time to make noise. It is the time to declare your space. It is the time to claim it. It is the time to step in because those who are bold and those who don't have the fear and don't ask for, you know, permission, they ask for forgiveness after they've done it. You know, those are the people that, that make things happen. I'm not telling you to go out and do something wrong or bad or offend people, but at the same time, you've got to discover your voice and how, and how can you truly discover your voice if you don't hear it? You've got to get it out there and hear it and let someone else hear it. And, Maybe let someone coach you and help refine that voice and, and, and bring it into focus. And, you know, and then you can truly be who you are. And you will have gone through those growing pains that so many people talk about of the years of weathering and, 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 and refining and bringing you into focus to who you are. You know, I can say this eloquently now at 40, almost 47 years old. But man, at 25, if I had the knowledge of what I know now, I'd be a lot further along in my life. But I have no regrets and I'm thankful for what I've achieved. But I tell my son who's 19 and who's a college freshman at Dartmouth University, I tell him, I'm like, don't be afraid, claim your voice, make your stand, claim your space and be who you are. Do not be small, be big, be out there, be as everything that God made you to be. Put your best foot forward and let the chips fall where they may. So you can always clean things up afterwards. But if you don't go out there and take the chance, you'll regret it. So what I'm taking away from that is, you know, and I think what probably as you're reflecting on some folks that you may know at that age is this generation maybe isn't as confident um, in their own skin that I think we were uh, growing up and they're, they're seeking, you know, um, confirmation for who they are. And I think part of what helped me working in the NFL for over a decade um, was really a sports-minded philosophy. I talk a lot about a sports-minded philosophy um, and how that can transfer into a career. But um, a sports-minded philosophy is simply what you've known for that 14-year NFL career and certainly earlier playing college and, and um, high school ball was really about preparation. And that's what you talk about. It's the hard work, preparation. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you use the skills that you learn in football and how important that is that you can transfer that into a career with work ethic and dedication. You know, I, one of the things I tell my son also is, you know, it's a constant lesson to myself. and. That's the good thing about being a parent. You know, it, it basically reminds you to be accountable 
for what you're charging your children to be accountable for. And when I tell him to not be afraid, when I tell him to live, when I tell him to step out, then I have to do it myself. Um, as far as, you know, I guess keeping with, with what someone at 25 and finding your voice and, and being able to correctly, look, we, we talked about hard work. Hard work, there's no substitute for. Um, I tell people all the time, you know, I, I tell my son that life is like kind of, you know, as you get higher and your goals become brighter and you're reaching for that brighter star, life becomes a bottleneck effect. You know, it really, there's a lot of people trying to squeeze into a very small space because everyone can't have exactly what they think they want. Everyone can't be in front of the camera. Everyone can't be the person who is hosting their own podcast. Everyone can't be, you know, that person, but someone's going to win. Um, you know, my mom told me, you know, she said, put your best foot forward. Someone has to win. Why not you? You know, if, if, if you don't think there's a possibility that you can be the one who comes out of, a, you know, just a, a melee or wrong of people, then you have no business competing. And so my advice at, at that age is for finding your voice and being that person coupled with the hard work would be, look, there's no substitute for hard work. There's no substitute for the, the grind. For me, when I play football, I had to constantly tell myself that I know there are a lot of great people and they're all big, they're all strong, they're all fast. And on paper, we look the same. We can stand up next to each other and combine and you get measured by all these NFL scouts. And I remember this vividly. I, I was like, man, you know, on film, I'm better than most of these guys that are standing here next to me. But right now we all look the same. What's the difference, you know? And what's the difference? And the difference is, is it's in here, it's in, and it's in your heart. I tell my son this all the time. You know, what you are, we're all lumps of flesh that are animated by a spirit and a soul. But, you know, without, without having that, 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 that connection to what's in your head and what's, your heart, and what's in your heart being on the same page, you know, things aren't going to work out. My thing is, people separate themselves as things get harder by their ability to either persevere or overcome something. Um, I could tell you a story about, uh, you know, a high school freshman who didn't make his JV football or basketball team, and I got on the field the only way that I could in the marching band. I can tell you about a story about a kid who came back out on the football field the next year after growing six inches over the summer and, you know, grabbing hold of a dream and never letting go. I can tell you a story about, you know, perseverance. I can tell you a story about being the band nerd and going from that to prom king. And, you know, all those things are, most of it is purely circumstantial. But the part that people won't celebrate and they won't talk about is the hard work, the grind. I knew I wanted to play football. It was my dream since I was three years old, since I could verbalize what I wanted to be, talk about writing your way. For me, it was, I wanted to be a football player. I wanted to be a great man. I wanted to be one of those people that people revered. I wanted, I wanted that shot. I wanted to be that person. So for me, you know, when I didn't make my high school football team my freshman year, you know, it angered me. It made me mad. It made me like, you know, when someone said that I would never play football, I took it to heart. And so the next year I came back out there and I, I had something to prove. 
And when I talk about football, when I coach my son, when I talk about, you know, things like that, I get passionate because that's, that's the spirit that animates us. That's the, that's what's in your head and what's your heart driving that grind. And so for me in football, you know, the things that I learned on the field and in an organization that was cutthroat, where people are always trying to take your job, where there's someone else who thinks they can do it better than you, you know, as you're in the middle of practice and you look on the other field and you see another guy who plays your position, who may have been in the Pro Bowl last season, but is out of a job and he's working out to take your job. That is the reality of the NFL on a daily basis. And so you have to be the person who self-advocates. You have to be the person who has that internal cheerleader inside of yourself constantly telling you that you can do it in the face of what circumstances say that you can't do. Those things, you know, they happen every day. Those types of miracles, those types of perseverance, that, that, that strife, that struggle, that overcoming of circumstances, you know, that was kind of what makes us who we are. But it happens all the time. And someone's going to do it. Someone's going to be that person. Why not you? So that was just the first half of my conversation with Kevin Carter. Check out the next episode, part two, to hear the rest of the conversation and his unique insight. If you'd like more information, be sure to visit us at goalpost.online. That's goalpost.online.